is Julian Poulsen and Shanti from the Cambodian Space Project on the streets of Phnom Penh, which uh, we're going to apologise to listeners in advance because it does get noisy here. Shanti and Julian are the integral force behind the Cambodian Space Project, which really has done some terrific things in recent years. It's a rock and roll band they've played all over the world at the Cambodian International Film Festival currently on. Their music is featuring prominently and in particular with one movie under their belt and a documentary as well. Julian, I'm going to start by asking you, can you give us a little bit of background please on the Cambodian Space Project and where it came from? It formed about six years ago and Chanti and I really are, are the founders. We got together because we sort of both shared a love for music and the idea that we could work together across cultures uh, was suddenly kind of a, appealing and attractive. We were invited by a friend's bar, a very small bar called the Alley Cat in Phnom Penh, to perform together. It was billed as Srey T sings the songs of Pan Ron and Ros Sarasathia. I can still see the little little flyer for it. And the fact is we only knew about four of those songs, so we got together and played them at least four times that night. And of course you're referring to some famous Cambodian pop stars from the 1960s who I understand were uh, pretty much annihilated by Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge. That's right. The big three here, and of course there were many, uh, was Ros Sahara Sathia, the golden voice of Phnom Penh, her risque younger sister who we know very little about but love, uh, her name was Pan Ron, and then of course the... Um, world-travelling Cambodian producer, singer-songwriter, Sin Sisamuth, who's probably the only Cambodian who ever really travelled and performed internationally um, until Chanti came along and uh, brought songs out of the Cambodian experience back onto the world stage. The other singers didn't travel outside Cambodia and they were murdered by the Khmer Rouge. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and in particular how the band came together in Hong Kong, the recent tour and what's coming up. There's a lot on your plate. Yeah, I mean, we got together, like I said, first here in Cambodia and by the time the gig was almost over, we had at least eight other musicians on board. The The project, uh, the Cambodian Space Project, has stayed a kind of carnivalesque carousel of musicians that get on and get off and get back on again and are now scattered all around the planet. Very early on we had this kind of desire to travel. I was leaving the band and left for about six months so everybody um, decided to come part of the way on my journey which was a stopover in Hong Kong and we kind of th thought we'll do that because it's also an opportunity to bring our Cambodian members outside the context of Cambodia. I mean, if you've grown up in a small Cambodian village here, there's two worlds, really. There's the Cambodian world and then Barangland, which is foreign country, outside. You're not sure geographically what it is, where it is, what goes on there. So we took our group to Hong Kong and we were all blown out by the experience. We ended up playing in a very tiny but seminal little Hong Kong watering hole where there really isn't much of a music scene. It's a lot of Filipino cover bands and Westerners doing stuff that they probably you know, can't really uh, live or play out with at home. But it's still an exciting place. And so that really inspired us. And it's also kind of the place where the journey of the uh, recent Cambodian Space Project documentary began. As soon as the band was on the road, that space trip and road trip and cosmic kind of blast off out of Phnom Penh became a story. Shanti, you have a lovely smile. 
How was it? How, how did you feel being surrounded by all these men from foreign lands travelling around the world and singing the music that you did understand but was also fused with many foreign elements? Yes, I can't believe because I'm Cambodia and a small village and I see uh, Barang, Barang Florena and then the love music Cambodia and then play music Cambodia. I'm short, you know, I never, I never see before. But I'm so happy when I um, see Julian Paulson and then he start the, start the band, small band. I'm not sure I can go around all well, but everything good and I'm so excited, I'm so happy. And some Barang know, understand my language, but everyone happy dancing in the club, the hands all together. I feel make me Barang good. Say barang chikut and then say chikut, but why am yeah crazy? Why and dancing and then listen the music and then still clap clap the hand because I I never see people people do like that. I say oh I'm not sure I'm not speak English I'm not understand what people say. But I work for Cambodia Space Project and with Julian and he try again again go around everywhere. Your themes touch very traditional in many ways in the sense from a Western rock and roll perspective of sex, drugs, rock and roll, too much whiskey, too much partying, all that. The, the, these are all concepts which traditional good Khmer girls don't necessarily indulge in. How, do, how did you handle all that? How do you handle other Khmer's and their opinions? Yes, um, I talked about, before I love, I love, I want to write song because I cannot write much, but I feel because... Uh, I think I can what I feel the right song, but I'm not understand some people can help me. Then when I, the, Julian made the band, came with respect project, and then I write song when I feel it go different country. Not easy for me, and uh, write song, have whiskey Cambodia, because first time in Florida come to my village, I worried about food, worried about for drink, I know have wine. I know have pizza and then only <laughs> Prahok food Cambodia and the whiskey Cambodia. Then I I go to friend and everyone's so happy to eat the hamburger, pizza, sandwich like that. I'm I know like baguette, I know like salam, salami. Yeah, and I was cry all the time and then and then Cambodia not easy for visa too when they go outside Cambodia. Very hard, and then I write song, have visa, no right from embassy and from the food and country. Yeah, because yes, because, <laughs> because uh, homesick for me. I was, I was going to add to that. Uh, how important an influence was your family, in particular your mother, who is a, a very strong character in uh, the documentary that bears the name of the band, the Cambodian Space Project. How important was she in, in how you were raised and the influence she's had on you as an adult? Yes, um, my mum, she, she dreamed. She dreamed I can't sing. I can't sing in the band. And then she, she's so happy. A lot of the, and my belief, a lot of people say not so good when you start to sing around everywhere. Something maybe uh, someone my band sell me to make bad girl something like that. And my mom, she, but she's so happy, she believed me because I tell her a lot. And then she's so exciting, she happy to brother my bring all music, come back. And then she tell me, okay, you sing this one song, this one Pandora song, this one song very good for you, and then very good. 
then she very good to me, and then she helped me a lot. She made me more go up. She, yeah, she keep me so strong. So now I have still have this for her, fight it for her. Cambodia, as I mentioned before, it's always been associated with war, with conflict, Pol Pot, the Khmer Rouge. That's changing, and there's a lot of things happening here. The music scene, the art scene, the cinematography scene, even the amount of journalists who are deciding to rebase themselves now in Phnom Penh as opposed to Bangkok. Uh, the, the country is changing fast. And I am wondering, Julian, uh, how much of that can be attributed in some ways, I guess, to the Cambodian Space Project, particularly from a music perspective, because you guys were pretty much the first to be out there. I mean, there was dengue fever, but outside that I can't think of too many others. Look, I think our mission was very different than Dengue Fever, for example, who are, who are a great band that appropriate Southeast Asian kitsch. And that was already popular with sort of small labels and audiences around the world, whether you're doing Bollywood or something uh, wacky out of Cambodia. H here we saw what we were able to do with the, with the as artists as something very different. I mean, in the developing world, they talk about capacity building all the time, you know, boring terms like that, which is all about victimhood and giving um, communities um, help. What, what I see it as, especially coming from, you know, just prior to Cambodia, working with the um, Truth and Reconciliation in, Commission in Timor, what's actually needed is opportunity self-empowerment and we immediately kind of found that this worked with what we were doing here i saw many many people and met many people who were interested in music because all cambodia is like that it's all singing and dancing maybe no clapping and the music's kind of background stuff like chanty was saying earlier but as soon as you can express yourself through having a voice and that's not necessarily sort of even having a full education or anything like that you could be a beach football player or you could be a barefoot rice farmer who can also sing and have some empowerment that's what happened with um, us and with Chanty and not just Chanty me as well to come here and find that we can do something that celebrates and champions the talent rather than says look we're the um, victims of a tragic place with a genocide and a Khmer Rouge and there's a tribunal going on and this place is blighted by all sorts of terrible things. No, let's talk about the personality of the people here and the character that brings together when you kind of express that through new channels and in this case psychedelic rock and roll out of Cambodia. It's been really exciting and that's why I guess people are are doing documentaries on the band. It's not an easy journey, as Chanty points out in songs like Not Easy Rock and Roll, but it's an incredible one, and it's worthy of all of us sharing the story because we are not just boring the audiences with, yeah, once upon a time there was a terrible thing that happened in Cambodia and now we're singing those old songs. No, we, we're taking something out of that darkness and kicking it again back into a new world and that's um, also making people understand that out of all the brutality that did go on in Cambodia and, and continues in some aspects of society there's something that's brilliant and shining and beautiful and it can be celebrated. I have to, I have to confess that 
I am a total music tragic. My musical ear is not very good. But I'm under the impression that Cambodian music does fuse well with Western rock and roll, where having lived in other places like China, Thailand, uh, Vietnam, their music doesn't. You often see West, Western-style rock bands up there trying to mix a little bit of both, and it never seems to work. But with the Cambodian music, it does seem to flow naturally in with Western-style pop rock, uh, that kind of genre. Is that on the mark? Does that help your cause a lot more? Yeah, I think um, there's a, a, a history and a heritage of it, what they call now the golden era, which was when the king of Cambodia actually... Um, doubled as a film and record producer uh, and was a fan of British invasion bands like like the Kinks, for example, who feature in Norodom Sihanouk's um, film soundtracks. So we're also told by the, the sister of the great Rosera Sathia that when the contemporary music did come in, as it exploded around the world, dancers like the Twist and the Mini Skirts were fads that went off like Gangnam Style here and uh, were incredibly popular but for a short time were banned as well, banned by the monks for about three or four months and then um, overwhelmingly popular. And upsetting the, uh, the, the, the social status of uh, the kingdom's proper young ladies, which leads me to my next question. I wanted very much to ask Shanti about what's known here as the women's code of conduct. And my understanding is that it's as dreadful as it sounds. But essentially, the code of conduct is a social contract that tells women how to behave both publicly and privately, I guess. Much of what you've done is seen as a little bit shirking that conduct. Tell me in your own words, please, uh, a little bit more about this and how has it in impacted on your life? Yes, yeah, because uh, the Cambodia, the old style and old uh, white, old girl, Listen to husband. Sometimes husband have one more wife, two more wife. Sometimes husband drunk, drink, and then sometimes hit the wife. No, sometimes no look up to his wife, but still wife still do everything for husband. This is one called chabab srei. But I'm not the same, my mom. I'm very different. I'm be more. I don't know why when I'm young, I'm a little bit different to when I see a lot of. Husband hit, make the pain head uh, everywhere, but still the stay all life. Yeah, the same my mom than my dad. Yet my dad he before he work uh, same army, and I, but before Khmeru I'm not know him much, but he stole the Khmeru. But I'm heard from my from my aunties tell about him very bad. When I have Khmeru, take him go to jail, hit him. Um, Yes, and then, um, and then after I'm very hurt, I think maybe I know maybe two years, three years ago, I'm very hurt, I, I'm not happy, you know, I miss him so much. And then when before he died and one year ago and then two years ago and he, he died, he, he drink a lot, he drink a lot and my mom, she very worried about him, she not happy for him because he not have the job, he always in the morning he drink, he drunk. But he's still, still good wife, still have food, husband drunk, but my mom still make food for him every day, every night, look up to him. And sometimes he took bad about her, but she still 
look after him. But this one called Chababsray. Chababsray in Cambodia called Chababsray. But for me, not the same, you know. I can do something. I can do something, okay. You can go to work. You have job. You can look after children. And, but Cambodia, very hard to say. Cambodia, but still, some, for me, I still talk. Little bit up say, little bit too, but I'm not old. Chabab say, not good. But Chabab say, and then care everything, look after everything. But I'm so happy now. I have music. I can look after my family, and then I can show what happened to what I have. I want to be strong. I don't want to be down. Same my mom, you know. But my mom, she, she always she uh, look after husband. She very worried. She not strong. Always she down. But I'm, I'm not same my mom. But my mom very special woman. She very good, very nice. She hold me a lot. She keep me hard, keep me cool up a lot. She very good. Well, uh, life on tour, Julian. Uh, tell us some of the funnier moments that I'm sure have uh, both exhilarated and dogged your time on the road. Funny moments uh, happen all the time. There's a kind of a, a language that we use to communicate with each other because we don't speak each other's languages very well but in the space project we're um i guess like an adams family or something like that that just happens to be um on the road by chance and you know we really kind of we, we all really enjoy it even though when it's quite exhausting you know six o'clock yesterday morning we're at taiwan airport we'd covered our tour managers back in in bag tag stickers that kept slapping him on the back congratulating him on his great work and marched him through the airport covered in stickers. It's very, very silly, very stupid, but very funny. But there, there, there are so many funny things that have happened on the road. One thing that springs to mind, which is um, not so funny but weird, is um, playing in a prison in the Northern Territory of Australia. Um, it took us months to get into the prison, and then they kept Chanty locked up in the guardhouse while the band set up for uh, 300 prisoners in a um, kind of courtyard. And as dusk was settling these real big uh, guys were coming out gathering around it was looking kind of pretty wild 280 of them were unfortunately um shamefully for australia um indigenous black fellas and about 20 of them were white fellas and they're expecting to be entertained when chanty came out and started singing Khmer, it was like what the fuck you know, I mean, these guys, um, English is their second or third language anyway. You know, they're, they're islanders or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until we did a Warumpi Band classic called Black Fella, White Fella that the place kind of uh, erupted in celebration. How do you remember that concert, Shanti? I'm so happy, but I'm a little bit scared before. I, I never, first time for me in Cambodia, play in the jail. But I'm so happy, I'm very proud because I can show my language. I can show my language and I can dance in and everyone go in the jail, listen to my music and then start to sing uh, black better, white better, doesn't matter. What you color. Uh, and it's so, so good. I'm excited. Maybe one day I wish, maybe I play again. I'm so happy. Cambodia has had some rather tumultuous political moments, particularly over the last couple of years following the last election has the temptation been there to politicize your music you seem to have taken a step back from that uh, there's no shortage of people in this country 
who want to get political, particularly in regards to the uh, to the to the current government. How, how do you view politics in Cambodia, and is there a place for it in um, in your musical lineup? I personally, I find um, political bands that are didactic to be very boring. But as as artists, and what we do with the Cambodian Space Project is very political. We do sing songs that are political. You know, things like Have Visa, No Have Rice pop up on um, human rights compilations and soundtracks and we, we've been invited to contribute that song because it is, it's about immigration and visas and the the perhaps racism or the discrimination against people like Chanty um, having a visa to go anywhere. So it's not overt and it's not didactic. It's not like, you know, writing a piece for the Wall Street Journal um, that has to be very specific. Uh, the action and the nature of it's political. Her song, like Broken Flower, is very political about women's issues, uh, about what we were talking about before, her own journey and the hardships along the way. Um, with her side project, uh, Astronomy Class, she has a, bird, a song called Cook Angry Bird and Ginger, and we won't tell you exactly you know, what that's all about. You've got to figure it out yourself. But it's very political. It's very funny. It's very accessible to people who don't have the opportunity to debate politics in a highbrow kind of platform or, or with use of that type of media. But it's another kind of a media and a storytelling that's very direct. It comes from the people who are politicised by um, what they have or don't have. So, you know, compared to other bands that also sing off the same song sheet because the music of the 60s Cambodia is fun. They're not political, but the Cambodian Space Project is very much that. Um, the song that brought Paul Kelly to Cambodia, the collaboration called The Boat, is the most powerful piece of songwriting that Chanty was asked to write on the asylum seeker issue in Australia. And she wrote three verses in Khmer, first about the person getting on the boat or the people from a war-torn country like Cambodia or Syria could be set 100 years ago or it could be set 500 years into the future. The second verse is actually on the boat, admiring the shores of Australia, the distant shores and how beautiful they seem. And then the third boat verse is the failure of the boat. It sinks. The person's um, singing from the drowned spirit. And in between, Paul Kelly... Um, along the way of the songwriting process, asks what is the translation of the lyrics. We were all surprised to read them and can't really write anything himself but inserts a 150-year-old poem of Walt Whitman called Out of the Cradle, Endlessly Rocking into this incredible piece called The Boat which later brought that Australian uh, legend to Cambodia. And that that is political in a stronger way than, say, being Midnight Oil and singing about which particular piece of legislation didn't get passed in the last parliamentary sitting. Right, but I'm also referring to Cambodian politics. It's very easy to sing about Australian politics in many ways. About Cook, Angry Bird and Ginger, first of all, you've got to think about what the angry bird is and why Cook an angry bird and ginger. So, you know, to be too political here is 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 too overt, too outspoken and not clever with, with the way that you express yourself is almost futile because it'll get snuffed out pretty quickly. And the way that Chantee sings is social and political at the same time. It's about the people where she comes from, which is really 1.1 million people out in her province who still don't have access to running water and electricity. They're the kind of politics that she sings about, hanging on to the land, hanging on to culture. 
not having all of this kind of stolen from you and, and, and most importantly, as a disenfranchised woman in Cambodia, having a voice. And speaking of that voice, you have a fantastic voice. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm say, I say thank you so much, but I'm not sure when I sing, the, I listen my voice, I'm not sure that I sing good or not. But everyone tell me, oh yeah, you sing good, but I say, mm, I don't know, because I never have to school. I never go to school to learn uh, sound, up, down, do, re, mi, fa, la, so, I don't know. This is what I call a friend. Do, re, mi, fa, la, so. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know a melody. But everyone say, oh, you could sing. I say, yes. Before I start to sing, rock and roll in the band, I need to drink something a little bit more power. Yeah, too. What, what did you <laughs> when I have problems to avoid for me rum and hot water okay. and yes some all the time sometimes some yeah maybe some chili more better <laughs> I wait before I sing I need the rye I need the food spicy chili maybe um, gin and tonic yeah <laughs> yes and then before sing I need drink a little bit make me more power and make me more powerful I'm more loud to sing, but I'm, I'm not drinking, I live with not enough of power. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you like to be five years from now, Shanti, or ten years from now? I mean, the, the Cambodian Space Project, the movie, I think is going to propel you further. I mean, what's next for you? You, meant, you have mentioned that you'd like to do a book. Could you ever see yourself going into politics or being associated with an NGO? Yes, now my movie come out, and then I'm so happy because I want to show what happened to me, and what happened, what I do. I want to show my family too because now I understand what I say, what I do from Cambodia's project and tour. And then now I need more write book. I write book, but I cannot. Yeah, very hard because I cannot write, read English in Khmer too. I need that some people help me write book. And I want to write book about story for my life when I'm young, and then now I'm changing a lot. And five years, six years of um, Cambodia Space Project. Now I understand more because when I go around all the world, I know I understand more what different country, what country, what Cambodia, what happened, why people do this one, why people like that one, like that one. Now I understand more. Yeah, the Cambodia Space Project before when I start, children start very hard to me. I'm not understand a lot of the problem because not easy for me. But now I more understand but everything now good. And Julian, where do you think where do you see the project going? Now you two uh, 
I, I must add that you two were married, but you've since split. Is that's where we left in the movie? How how, how would you describe your relationship now? And you're you're tied by the umbilical cord to the rock band. Where do you see that going over the coming years? Well, we we're getting our divorce right after this interview, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, this is part of the um, story and the experience of what we've been doing together. Um, we're both writing books. Uh, we have a rock opera coming out, which is more about Chanty telling her story. Uh, which is basically the documentary that will launch at the Sydney Festival this January. It's called Hanuman Spaceman. And actually it threads the story of Cambodia and perhaps Cambodia's king and Chanti, the rice, rice field diva, all together. My book, if I ever write one, will be called something like uh, Sublime Frequencies. I mean, that's what attracted me to the, the uh, band and the music and um, births, deaths and marriages aboard the Cambodian Space Project because along the way there's been all that. We've had incredibly dramatic moments, incredibly exuberant and funny moments. Um, we've had relationships that have formed and uh, deformed along the way and we've, we've had a couple of divorces in the group, in the, the broader group already and uh, now it's Chanty's and my turn but... Um, you know, we the experience that we've shared together is um, is so incredible that I think it's something that will last us for as long as we live. And Chanty and I are very, very close because you have to be. And uh, working together as artists, that makes us understand each other deeply, even though we don't understand each other culturally all the time. So... In five years' time, ten years' time, I don't know. We, we're already up to our fifth album. What more can a rock and roll band do? Uh, I don't know. And seeing Chanty going into politics or an NGO, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, she's often asked to do things for NGOs because that's what NGOs do. But personally, I see Chanty as somebody like a singer like, uh, for example, the... Um, I think she was from Ethiopia, the um, great Caesarea Evora, who sang until she, she, till the end of her days, until she was in her late 60s or early 70s. And, you know, as a Cambodian diva, um, Chanti has so much music in her and so much to tell. That will just continue on uh, when she feels like it. On that note, I'll finish up by asking Chanti, do you see yourself singing until you're 70, 80 or 90? I wish I want the strong the same Tina Turner because I still start to sing, still sing too. And she not stop. I wish the same her and all my life. But I'm not sure and one day baby not will happen. Because Julia and me before husband and wife, but now still um yeah, the force after the talk now. And but so happy all together, work all together. I wanna be good friend all together. Sure, husband and wife very different, but a friend different. Friend be everything to be good, exactly. But husband and wife, everything to share, not easy. And then very hard for him too, because very hard for me too. I too much family. I look after family. My dad, my mom, now she gone. And then everything I'm down. But now I'm okay now.
And on that note, I'd like to thank Julian Poulsen and Shanti from the Cambodian Space Project. Thank you very much to both of you.